Good morning, afternoon, and evening, Supercoach Elites. Welcome back to another Supercoach Elites podcast, proudly sponsored by the guys at exoticlimo.com.au. My name's Corey, no Brett today. As always, Bonfa. Choo choo! That's right, Corey, mate. The Bonfa Express is back. And <laughs> no surprises, Brett is not here, mate, because he can't do anything to win any sort of challenge, that fella. But you know what? We've got another bloke who has a fair bit of wisdom about him, and his name is Joel. G'day, fellas. Good to be back for another Supercoach Elites podcast, as Brett would say. <laughs> um, leave it over to Bonfer to segue Corey into the social media. <laughs> There's probably no point going back to me, but Corey, <laughs> where can the listeners hit us up on social media? Uh, find us on Twitter at SC Elites. Find us on the iTunes store, SoundCloud, and Facebook at Supercoach Elites. It's always uh, a mixed bag when Brett is not here. That intro is just completely thrown out of whack. Um, <laughs> hey, but we're not oh, here I for I thought you were going to be second, in all honesty. So it was yeah, that's it. Start. <laughs> yeah, Corey, mate, if you had your head on screwed on straight, mate, we would get that through that's that perfectly. Right, that's all right. We've no, got that's a, fine. We forgive and forget. Got a big podcast today, boys. We're coming into the third buy round, the final buy round. Uh, the buy round that really does make or break more teams. I mean, you can't win your grand final now, but you certainly can lose it with some of these moves that you can make, so a lot to get through, a lot to talk about. Uh, I think we'll start off with um, almost those who are on the bubble this week. Uh, Brody Mychek, boys, assuming that he's going to get named by Pies after his uh, lacklustre start to their game last time, but then kind of picked it back up, is break-even at negative 71. He's got a 66.5 average with that monster score in his first game, and then disappointing the second. At 102k, is Brody Mychek a viable downgrade option to help you out moving forward. We'll start with your boss. Um, now, nah, look, you know, the key part to your question there, is he viable moving forward? I think the answer there is no. Um, yeah, he might be 102,000, but really, um, unless he's going to be sitting at, like, defender nine, I probably don't want to be picking him this week. So have a look at what your team's going to look like the week after. And if he's not sitting on your bench... Um, certainly, oh, gee, I wouldn't even want him at Defender 7, to be honest. I'd want him at Defender 8. Um, so if he's not seen that Defender 8, I wouldn't bother this week for the extra player on field. I think you got now you got to think about it. You know, Do you need um, the player this week, or would you prefer to have a better team moving forward post-buys? I'd rather the better team uh, post-buys. It's going to get some consistent games because, well, I'm, I mean, there's a lot of Collingwood bias in this potty, so maybe you guys can speak about it. But do you honestly <laughs> see him playing with... Uh, with Ben Reed and um, Darcy Moore coming back into the team soon. Joel, I'll let you go with that. You're a big pies man. Yeah, well, I was going to touch on that. I, I personally hope my check stays in the side, but I can see Reed just slotting straight back in and sending my check back. But, um, you know, we have been in good form lately, and he's been a part of it. So, um, But it's hard to really see what um, they're going to do at the selection table. But on my check, if you go my check this week, you know, you've got Redmond and uh, Joel Smith coming through in, in uh, the next few weeks who are also defenders, and, you know, you can't really squeeze them all in. That's... Look, I, I think the one point that I really loved about this whole thing was Bont saying that you can have him... You'd prefer to have him at, M, uh, M, uh, at D8 than D7, and I completely agree with that, because if anything goes wrong and you've picked him up as a D8 kind of uh, downgrade option, that's generating the... That's more for the cash side of things. That's not for the long-term game. I think that if you put him at D7 and then something goes horribly wrong at the back end of the year when you're out of trades, while a potential my check out of that team or not playing um, is a real dagger. 
Joel, you touched on it perfect. We'll talk about the next two in a second, too, with, well, Joel Smith and Redmond. Um, but Paulie Ahern, boys, is this the one that you have to own? 123k, average of 70.5, break even a negative 67. Spent some time in the guts. I mean, if a lot of us bought in Ahern last week or the week before, but for those who haven't, is that just the most common sense must do trade this round? Bombs? Without doubt, mate. Um, don't see how teams who consider themselves legitimate contenders can be running forward without this 123k mid-forward uh, kind of swinger in their team at the moment. He's an absolute must. Jolly? Yeah, can't really add much more to that. I just reckon it's a 100% lock, and as Bonfer said, he's got dual-position swing. So, yeah, if you haven't got him, lock him in. I think the big benefit to having a Hearn, if you were thinking about passing on him, I'm going to try and reverse your options here, because the big benefit to having a Hearn moving forward is that, well, one, we assume he's going to earn some great cash, but it might get to that stage of the season where you're not really caring about the cash of those kind of players. Eventually, you might use him to go up, etc. But the ability to have that mid-forward swing... And for the rest of the year, having a pretty safe option that if someone does go down injured and you run out of trades, that you'll have that Paulie Ahern. It's you know one of those late ones in the year, if you bring him up forward this week, that later in the year you could potentially grab yourself another mid-forward in the guts and then just protect yourself in case any injuries happen. But I think Paul Ahern, I don't think he can be moving forward without Ahern in the team. If he pops another 70 this week, he's you know, going up 60, 70k too. So... Um, Paul Ahern is the must-have if you don't already have him. Sammy Taylor, boys, from um, GWS, do you think he'll get another game? Break even a negative 45. Averaging 58, 117k. So, it, could he be another option just in case you've already grabbed the other two if you need to go down this week? We'll start with you this time, Jolly. Uh, long term, I'd probably be a bit worried. You know, you look at GWS's best 22 and it probably doesn't feature a guy like Sam Taylor in it. Um, but the unknown is whether or not they're going to get back to their best 22, you know. And But, yeah, long-term, I don't really think he's the safest option. Bro, uh, Pops. Oh, wow, yeah. <laughs> I don't know why I keep doing that, this podcast. If, if you keep doing that, this podcast is going to move forward just you and Joel yourselves. <laughs> and that's absolutely it. Um, now, uh, yeah, I kind of agree there with what Joel's saying. But, look, I don't think he's probably going to get dropped this week. But, again, it's, it's all about... What's your team going to look like? And that's all, that's all you're going to hear me say this whole podcast is, what's your team going to look like next week? Um, if it makes your team better next week, then, yeah, uh, why not? But, look, personally, I'd, I'd probably prefer Majacek than Sam Taylor because, look, you're, you're probably picking one out of the two. Um, one player gets you an extra 15000 and the other, well, I think the same player as well, has the lower break-even as well. So if you're looking at a D8 option, um, I'd be going Majacek over Taylor. I certainly wouldn't be grabbing both. Um, and I yeah, probably wouldn't be grabbing Taylor on his lonesome with my check there. Yeah, so it's a perfect example, and you'll see you'll see teams do it. I mean, a, a lot of us and a lot of people we know and a lot of people who are in the group follow a couple of different Supercoach pages or some forums or things like that, and you'll see people that'll put up trades this week that are just specifically this week focused, and, you know, coming out of their buys, you kind of look at it and think, well, is that the best option for you long term? Um, so you always make sure that you're not looking at this week's fixture, that you are looking at next week. 
I mean, ideally, if you're playing for league, man, if you're up in the top 1,000, you, you, you obviously want 18 to push yourself right up into the mix. Um, if you're playing for league, I mean, write it off, take the loss. You'd have to be pretty far behind to, to screw your team up to, to just for a win this week. Um, but, Joel, you touched on them before. Joel Smith and Redmond, if you were grabbing one this week, who would you be grabbing and why? Um, I think I might grab Smith this week. Come. Just because oh, I really don't same know. Name. Just because, yeah, well, same, same name, and, <laughs> and probably because he made his debut. Well, not his debut, but played his first game of this year against Collingwood. So I had more of a look at him than Redmond, and just thought he played his role well, and that he, yeah, I don't know, just liked the cut of his jib. Oh, nice, uh, Bombs. Likes the cut of his jib. Well, down here at the Elite, so what we try and do every now and then is we like to try and support each other. Now, there's this bloke called Joel Smith who's uh, featuring on the podcast today. Now, I can't <laughs> stand that Joel Smith, but um, the other Joel Smith I certainly like. And um, <laughs> so, look, at uh, I know he's a bit more expensive at 150k, but look, we got a we got a look at um, Smith at the at the start of last year, and he went down with that shoulder, and he looked like he was going to be a real good money maker. You might go back and have a look at his scores, and he had that 20-odd point game in there. But that 20-odd point game was through about 20 minutes of the first quarter. He was absolutely cutting it up. Um, and he came out, and what he bang out, about a 90 or something in his first game here. This is one that I like. Lee has gone down for a year, and he's absolute shoe-in, I think. He's got a little bit of flexibility about him, too. He's got a defender mid-swing um, as well, so mm-hmm. you might be able to utilise that at some point. Do I see Redmond playing for the rest of the year? No, I don't. So, um, yeah, Joel Smith's the, the clear choice between the two for me. How old yeah, is he? I'd probably... Sorry? Uh, yeah, no, how old is he? I'm not too sure. How old are you, Joel? <laughs> how old am I or how old is he? <laughs> oh, sorry. Just, just getting absolutely confused between the two of you. Um, <laughs> now, Joel Smith, I just need to buy myself some time while I looked it up, mate. That's all. Uh, he's 22 years of age, uh, Joel Smith. So, yeah, he's a, he's a mature player. I thought for some reason he might have been 25, but he's um, not that old. So, Promising yeah, no, we're all, we're all good there. Um yeah, and I'd probably rather go early on Joel Smith than get either Mayacek or um, Taylor. To be honest, I'd, what about yeah, the I'd cash? Just... What about the cash difference? Um, well, I guess it depends. I mean, if you can do the trades you want to do, then I'd, I'd certainly go for Joel Smith. But if you're desperately needed that extra, what's the difference between him and Mayacek? Fifty k. If that's fifty k, if that was going to make the world of difference to do your ideal trades, then again, what does your team look like next week? Does it mean Mayacek's on your field? Because if it means Mayacek's on your field. I'd rather not do that upgrade than this week and just have Joel Smith. So Joel Smith would be on your field next week, if that makes sense. So, um, yeah, it just depends, again, how it impacts your team and what your team going to look like following the buys. Not to mention players missing, you know, left, right and centre, players having breaks, things like that. I mean, there's been, just been so much unknowns and so much not predicted. And it was funny because I reckon, you know, maybe about a month or to six weeks ago, we were talking about how this season so far back then had just been that perfect little flow on, you know, hadn't we hadn't had the carnage that we kind of had earlier in the year before. But, you know, people were really easy to go on sideways trades and, and use trades and waste trades and push them away. And this is exactly what we said. This is You can't predict these kind of things happening. You can't. And, and honestly, I'm, I was shocked when I seen, I seen the Dusty clip for the first time today, putting his hand on the umpire. And what I've seen so far this year, I was shocked that he didn't actually get a week for that. Um, I yeah. thought it was very similar to other incidents that, that players had gone for. But they're just prime examples. I mean, for those who hold Walters, you can't predict that guy punching someone in the guts every week. So you, you have to be 
you have to be cautious with how you trade, and especially now moving forward, you have to trade smart. Um, and one of the biggest things that I can think about with trading smart is is now it's about capitalising on value and not overpaying for players. We'd overpaid on overpaid for certain players at the start of the year. I think now we have to be a little bit smarter and just hold off on our trades and and you know use the rookies that we've got and, and just capitalise on that. My next thing that I want to have a chat to you boys about too is is people trading out the likes of Bailey Fritch and Dodie. Um, you know, there's there's probably a couple more that I could could name. Those ones that are giving us 90s to 80s. I mean, Dodie's got the buy this week, so he's probably a perfect one to go. But do you at all condone people kind of holding some of these players and, and using their other tools around that obviously aren't worth four five hundred thousand, um, and using them as kind of backup options or, or, or safety loops if anything goes wrong. Joel? Yeah, mate, I have. Oh, Bombs, go, Joel, go. Yeah, yeah go, Bombs. Yeah, no. I was going to say, yeah, I absolutely love that. If you can manufacture your team so that way by the end of it and it's all set up that you've got Dodie at um, Defender 7, that you've got Holman at Midfield 9, that you've got Fritch at Ford 7, if you can manufacture your team with that sort of dosh sitting on the bench and a few trades left over and you know, full premium everywhere else, you are in an unbelievable position and probably shouldn't do anything but win your league grand final, to be honest, um, and, and probably go fairly deep into the overall too, particularly if you've got a non-player play in there and you can loop all those players uh, every single week as well. So that is incredibly handy. Um, so I'd fully be supporting that. But in saying that, I think uh, if I look at my own team, and I probably haven't used trades as sparingly and as smartly as I should have this year, but if I had Tom... Dodie is still in my team. Uh, look, his break-even's 96, so I don't even think it's been that high all year. He's worth a tick under 400000 If it's only going to cost you sixty grand to go and move him to a Hurley or hundred grand to go and get a Cade Simpson or a Sicily or a Yo or, or something like that, I wouldn't even think twice about doing that because that's, that's a pretty significant upgrade in my opinion. Well, that's a yeah, perfect segue into exactly what I did this week. I've got a I've got about 600k in the bank and Dodie went to Simpson. This week, um, but I've still got Holman and I've still got uh, Fritch, and I'm really not in a rush to move on Fritch. But um, yeah, I would. If I, I don't try. And, yeah, yeah. You, you shouldn't be in a rush to rush to move Fritch. I think he's he's perfectly fine just to sort of F6 oh, yeah. until he, yeah. if he continues doing what he's doing now. There's no need to trade him at all, and he can just comfortably uh, be F6 just as Newman was defender six last. Well, Corey wouldn't know about that because he traded him fairly <laughs> early, but Genius. the rest of us probably <laughs> the rest of us probably know um, how that kind of went down. But yeah, um, yeah look, I, I think you're doing the absolute perfect moves there, Joel. Why do you think I harp yep. on about it so much? Yeah, because you're just a little <laughs> bit strong by that. Just still. fresh from every <laughs> bake, mate. Um, look, I think we'll go into we'll go into who am I, and then I'll do around the ground. So we'll mix it up a little bit. We'll go early on the who am I. Oh no, we'll do it the other way. We'll go around the ground first. No, go around the ground. Oh, well, take a little bit of a while. Um, oh, this won't. <laughs> yeah, actually, good point. Uh, we'll go team by team. Um, in we'll start with the Sandful this week. Um, the Crows, all right. Darcy Fogarty played okay. Curly Hampton and Matty Signorello again um, had some fantastic outings. It's a little bit weird talking about uh, the Crows VFL team without uh, Patrick Wilson, who made his debut on the yeah, because no, he featured every week. Didn't yeah, he? so um, now he went all right. The one, the big one is I just got back from Adelaide today, um, and on TV on Sunday instead of having Geelong and Richmond. 
uh, they decided to show the uh, Port Adelaide and Sturt game. So that was uh, that was a little bit interesting. Got to watch. That was good watching. Yeah, uh, Jackie Watts performed very, very well in that. He snagged three. Um, Jackson Trengove was pretty good with 27 disposals. Uh, Don Barry and Carl Amon played all right as well. There's another bloke by the name of Sturt. Uh, I forget his name. It's Kane something. Um, I'll get it for you next week. And he's played some bloody impressive football. He was very good in that game. Um, and one to watch out for next year as a mature recruit too. So uh, I'll do a little bit more research and um, grab that for you. It wouldn't happen. It wouldn't be Kane Mitchell, would it? No, 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 not Kane Mitchell. The old mate Kane Mitchell. No, no, not Kane Mitchell. Not not export Kane Mitchell. No, it's Kane. Starts with S. I'll I'll get it. Maybe a listen. Uh, I'll have a look. Pick me up on it. it too. Yeah, but yeah, yeah. He's been playing some bloody good football for Sturt. And, uh, yeah, definitely could be a mature age uh, pick. Um, in the VFL, uh, Northern Blues. Uh, what do we have? Matty Kennedy played all right. That was really about it. Supercoach relevance, and he's not even supercoach relevant, is he? Uh, nope. Cameo nope. Shea injured. Uh, Pies had the bye. Don's had the bye. Coming off the plane a little bit, uh, not as organised as I normally am with around the grounds. Um, for Geelong, Harry Taylor, Lockie Henderson, they all played well. Charlie Constable had a bit of the ball. Uh, that was Charlie. good. Uh, yeah, you guys had a bit of wet weather down here on the weekend, didn't you? Just a bit. Yeah, yeah, that's right. It was, good it was absolutely bucketing yesterday. Yeah, so, um, and Big Joel, you were the one that uh, inboxed me the, the stats about um, the Werribee yeah. game as well. So, Big Sandringham v Werribee, you want to give us a run through for that? Oh, how did it go? Yeah, Sandringham versus Williamstown. Um, oh, that was Sandringham, the fir- their first ever goalless game, or oh, their lowest score. Since 1954, they kicked zero nine nine, and their lowest score in 1954 was one four ten. So that was their lowest since then. And I think the other stat was that no team has been goalers in the VFL since 1919. So a 99-year-old record broken by Sandringham this weekend. That's crazy. With a few senior-listed St Kilda players in there too, which was even worse for them. God. Yeah, Footscray beat Coburg by 10. Um, no real standout super coach performers that um out there. Joshy Dunkley and Lin Jong played all right though for um the Scrayers. Yeah, so sorry just to cap them before. Richmond were the ones that uh, beat Northern Blues by thirty two. Um, Kennedy was the best in that game. Uh, Corey Ellis again bombs. Just really going back there playing some great footy. Twenty two touches, two goals. Um, just looking the real deal. Box Hill Hawks. Went out there and smashed Frankston. Um, Cousins had 37 with two goals, three. Uh, Moore had 38 with a goal. Forgotten man Johnny O'Rourke, too. He had 22. And those that have still got Mira uh, snagged seven marks and 20 disposals as well. So um, that was about it for the VFL. A lot of boys this week. Um, across in the Waffle, uh, Peel went down by 30. And uh, old mate... Oh, what's the defender's name? Um... Uh, Duman was injured. Bonds, Trini Duman, oh, no. yeah, yeah, went off the off the pitch with an injury. So if anyone holding Duman, probably not looking too good. I don't think he'll uh, he'll be back anytime soon. So that's one to worry about. Um, and uh, East Perth lost to Subiaco. No real standouts there. I think Callum Archie was probably their best on ground for East Perth. 
Um, and then into the Nifl, um, Sydney smashed Gold Coast, Robinson again, Nicky Newman again. Uh, Will Brody went back and found some form again as well, so he had 28 touches. Isn't it funny that we were talking about Will Brody last week? You know, is he potential to um, hold his spot in there and uh, do it for a little bit of people, and then went and got dropped. Yep. So, yeah, that was it. And that's it for Around the Grounds, because there was a lot of teams on the bye this week. So, um, Good job. Thank you. Who am I? Could have been a little bit more prepared, but just like I said, to, before we go, before we move on to that, I think the bloke you might have been talking about was Kane Farrell. Is that him? No. Nah. Hang on. Not him. No. Not Kane. Well, Farrell. he's 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 featured in the around the state leagues on the AFL website as okay. another young guy who had a good week. Well, uh, look, kick two from Victoria already on their senior list. Got drafted last year. Hasn't debuted at Port. No, no, it's not Farrell. Maybe I don't know. I maybe no. Maybe it was um, was it Kirkwood. I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> I'll figure we'll it out. Next week. <laughs> yeah, that's hey, alright. That, we'll... that could be the who am I for next week. Yeah, you just really <laughs> I think that one. Um, but yeah, let, look, let's move on for that. Um, yeah. so um, who am I? All right, we ready? Bum, yeah, bum. Not in a strong suit, but bum, yeah, bum. let's do it. Okay. I'm, look, I might have a competition on my hands today because. Yeah, you know, oh. typically Brett is pretty useless at this uh, <laughs> hey, at this game. I've yeah. done one of these before and I got nowhere near it, so I'm probably about as good as Brett. I'll tell you what, if it's a Collingwood player, you'll be all over it. That's for sure. Locked, locked and loaded. <laughs> uh, I'm priced between 500 to 600k. Um, my current break even is a uh, hundred plus. Um, I've had five scores on the year below a hundred and seven above a hundred. I have a three-round average of under 90, but I'm averaging 110 on the season. 110 plus on the season, I should say. Who am I? Patrick Cripps. Exactly right, boss. I'm just too good. Mate, this is... Honestly, this is a joke. People probably think we set this up, but I'm just brilliant at this game. Hashtag Carlton buys. I was also going to... I was also going to say, if you didn't get it, my last clue was going to be, I cannot kick a football. So it was... Oh, okay. That would have absolutely given it away. It would have been him or Jalor, probably. 38 disposals on the weekend, 109 super coach points. Uh, Obviously had that injury, which... That injury-affected game, which affected him as well. Uh, But look, big Paddy Cripps, 157 break-even... 532k. Um, of 157. Yeah, I'm. Look, I'm probably his biggest critic. Um, I do always believe that this man will be a breakout number one in a couple of years. Uh, maybe not number one, but a, a super, super. You know, must pick super coacher. Um, but right now, I think it's value that's too good to pass up on. Not for this week, uh, but for moving forward. Bombs, you're massive on Paddy Cripps. Give us the rundown yeah. of why moving forward that this man should be on your watch list and why he should be considered seriously as your last upgrade. Well, you, you spoke about, uh, what would you say, five scores under 100. Well, four of those scores have been 92 plus. Um, and he's only had that one really uh, outlier score, as Corey would like to say. There we go. I found a way to put that in there. A 54. <laughs> a couple of weeks back on Sydney where he was wearing, uh, you know, his thigh pad out there that game. So... 54 and 109, um, this is a bloke that was over 600 um, or very, very close to 600 only a few weeks ago, averaging probably near on 120 in a season before that um, before that game against Sydney. So, look, um, I think he's going to be a big piece of the, the Carlton midfield for the remaining of the year. I think he's going to continue to get out there. He's going to be the captain for virtually the rest of the year because we may not even see Murphy again. Who knows? 
Um, and this is a guy who, I mean, just continues to rack up numbers, continues to rack up contested footy. You know, does he have the potential to get injured? Yeah, sure, he does. He's, he's got a little bit of history of that. But I think, you know, if we can buy him, if he only goes out and scores, you know, just a tick over 100 this week, we could potentially get him at 505,000 next week. And at 505,000 for a bloke that's averaging 110 plus, and realistically should average at least 110 for the rest of the year, um, I think that's a that's a bargain and absolute must buy. And when you look at someone like Nick Coleman, you let Nick Coleman play this week, you let Paddy Cripps drop next week, and you're looking at a hundred thousand dollar upgrade to go home into Cripps. I, I think it's a no brainer next week. Jolly, yeah. Um, well, I'm probably one who's in that exact situation that Bonford just pretty much laid out. I've, like I said earlier, I've got Holman. I don't have Cripps. Uh, Cripps was one at the start of the year who I was really bullish on but never got on and still haven't. So, um, yeah, the value is going to be almost too good to pass up as uh, M8 coming up soon. So, And let me, let me tell you the other thing. The the Carlton final structure goes Gold Coast, GWS, Fremantle, then the Western Bulldogs. It ain't well, too bad. Well, yeah. Stats bomber. It's again. Um, look, <laughs> I know a lot of teams already have... Uh, Paddy Cripps. One of the left field ones that I liked before I heard that he's going in for knee scans is uh, was Bonson Pally. I think his last couple of games have been absolutely crazy. We've seen what happened when McRae went off on the ground on the weekend. He went, you know, didn't move from that midfield and looked really, really good. Am a little bit worried about that that niggling knee injury. Um, but for me, it makes so much more sense to go grab Paddy Cripps to finish him off my team than go like a real point of difference like Bonson Pally. Um, just on price, purely. And we, I spoke about it, you know, a, l- a little bit before. It's about now coming to the back end of the season is about buying players that are at just an optimal bargain-based price to help you move forward. I think this is why this next conversation is going to be a very, very big one, boys. Clayton Oliver versus Josh Kelly. Now, most people already have Paddy Cripps, and these are the two names that they're weighing up to finish off their teams. Um, yep. We've, I, I mean, I know me and Bonds have both. I know, Bonds, you don't have Kelly, do you? No, I don't have Kelly. No, well, I was contemplating... Yeah, I was contemplating Kelly over Cripps, but that price point will mean I'll get Cripps next week. Okay, and Joel, Kelly. where are you at with that? Uh, another one, obviously, that I've been looking at. Um, I had Kelly at the start of the year, got injured, traded him to Oliver. So I've had Oliver all of the year. Okay. Um, but this week, I was intending on, and like I said earlier, with my 600K treasure chest sitting right there, my war chest, uh, I got one more week out of Andy Brayshaw last week. He pumped out a nice 80 for me against the Blues, and my upgrade this week was going to be Brayshaw to Kelly. So I intend on having both. This is going to be very, very fun. Joel, one, two, three. Kelly, Cripps, uh, Oliver. Regardless if you them or not. If, if you had to pick right now at their prices or uh, next week's price, who are you taking? Oh, Jesus. Um, oh, probably on val- I'll probably go value with Cripps first. And but that's then only if you're Ol- doing it next week, surely. Oh, wait, bring it. So, all right, you're saying who am I bringing in next week? No, no, three, no. Three, two, one. One, two, three. Here you go. If you're going this week or next week, because if you go on value, you're not picking Crips on value this week, I don't think. No, no, five, three, no, two. no. Yep. No, all right. So, if I was going this week, I would be going Oliver, uh, Crips, Kelly. Bumps? Um, yeah, this is... this. I'm going to say something that probably goes against everything that, that I kind of believe in here because I think Oliver should be number one out of all three of them. 
But Oliver actually ranks at number three for me um, when we speak about value. And what I love to consider now is finals runs. And um, so Crips, finals run and value, tick, tick. Um, Kelly, you know, value, about right, finals run, tick. Oliver, uh, value, about right, finals run, big cross. So Bulldogs, uh, not Bulldogs, uh, Melbourne have Adelaide, Gold Coast, which typically you think are pretty good games. And then he comes up against the Swans. Um, now, you might think, you know, Oliver, contested beast, Sydney, contested team, great matchup. Clayton Oliver averages 60 in his career versus the Sydney Swans, and that's prelim week. I'm not um, so you might history, be history, but uh, there's a well, man, there's a man just, there by well, the name I'm of doing, Georgie Hewitt as well, too. As, yeah, as well. Um, and, and he's got the Eagles in the in the following week as well in, in grand final week, whereas Josh Kelly goes Saints, Carlton, um, I can't even read who they Hawthorne and then Sydney um, in the in the final two games. So um, I'm pretty happy with um, with Kelly's run home there. So Cripps, Kelly, and then oh sorry they got Adelaide not Hawthorne in prelim week. So St Kilda, Carlton, Adelaide, Sydney. So I much prefer Kelly's run over Oliver's. So Cripps, Kelly, Oliver. Just touching on what you said about Oliver just then coming up against Sydney and you know like obviously contested contested player against a contested team doesn't always equate to Good points, you know, as we saw with Patrick Cripps against Sydney. Contested animal. Well, that's right. Contested yeah, and, and, team, he, so. and, and like Corey said, Hewitt absolutely ruined him. And Hewitt yeah. has absolutely ruined anyone that's gone near him probably in the last yeah. six or seven weeks. Yeah. I remember, I think... Second to Sam... I reckon second to Jacobs. Not Sam Jacobs, Ben Jacobs. Um, for no, I reckon... No, I reckon he has held his opponents. I'll do some analysis, but I reckon he has held his opponents to lesser scores than Jacobs has. I'll back you on that, I reckon. He's been good. He's been bloody good. Um, for I'm me, ready. though, it's Kelly, Clayton, Cripps. Um, and the reason being is I know I've spoken about value, but I think I think Kelly and, and Clayton Oliver are just a class above. Paddy Cripps on the season, point-wise. Um, Cripps, you know, you're going to get very erratic, very, very erratic scores with Cripps. Um, I don't mind that because I don't already have it, but I've got Kelly, I've got Clayton Oliver. I know what I'm getting week in, week out. And I said it the other day, I think Josh Kelly from here on to the end of the season is going to be the number one averaging um, midfielder out there. So right I now... Think un- Sorry? I was just going to say it's a bit unfair calling Cripps erratic when he's had five scores under 100 and four of them 92 plus. Like, it's fair consistent if you ask me. Oh, well, there you go. But I think I think you know I think you know what you're going to get from Kelly week in week out. I don't think you know what you're going to get from Paddy Cripps. Are you worried about that he's missed eight weeks? Do you think that makes him fresher? Or do you think it makes him more susceptible to injury in the back end? Uh, I don't know. I've asked you this week. Have you been watching GWS play? Well, no, I've been busy yeah. all weekend. I didn't see it. It's uh, the, the last three weeks, every GWS game I've watched. Obviously, I didn't play last weekend. Um, but Kelly has been the, by far and above. He's just yeah. one of those players. He made sure his body was right before he went back out on that pitch. So I don't I don't think that he's any chance of re... Look, that's a pretty overconfident statement there, but I don't think he's going to re-injure him. I'm not taking injury to account when I'm picking Kelly moving forward. Yeah, cool. Yep. I'm going to have all three um, because Likewise. I think Paddy Cripps at his price is just going to be great value next week. Um, yeah. And I've already got the other two. So, But look, it's a lot of food for thought. There's a lot of teams going there. Um, if we just narrowed it down, Clayton Oliver or Kelly, because they're the ones that a lot of people are going for. Just quickly, Bonfs, Kelly or Oliver? Um, taking into fact finals run, I say Kelly. Joe? 
Uh, Oliver. And I'm Kelly as well. So, look, bit of great debate there. Um, I don't have challenge scores. Have you got them there, Bonds? I know Sicily was 105. Wow. Uh, and Lloyd I can tell you that week. Lloyd was 122, mate. So, <laughs> what we've got is um, Sicily got his average up to 106 with 115 score. Yep. Lloyd scored with his 122, which by far was actually a little bit underwhelming because he was on 60 odd a bloody quarter time anyway he's got his average uh, up above 105 just a tick above that and uh bretta maybe the reason why he's missing today is because poor old devon smith who had the boy and kind of injured himself in that uh in the last game that he played still sits uh, at his current average of 94.2 so he's got some work to do there bretta oh i'm replacing bretta so i'll just do the old uh imitation oh it's all right boys no i'm not worried it's all good <laughs> 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 That's so good. Oh, eat some, chill, eat some chilies. It's all good. Come at me, boys. I love chilies. Oh, <laughs> oh yeah, Dev, Dev. was on the podcast. <laughs> Dev's a good boy. He... Dev's a good boy. <laughs> He's absolutely nailed it. Has he not? Love you, bro. Oh, 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 very, very good job there. <laughs> Even <laughs> Um, I'm going to find some names at your boys, uh, and yeah. you let me know, trade or hold coming out of the boys. Jack Higgins, 292k, break even of 56, uh, last three scores of 56, 64, 67, moving this week for trade. upgrade. Yep. Trade, trade, yep. Uh, Mr. Ben Ronke, who's just, the, what, what were we calling him, Ronke Kong? Ronky Kong. Yeah. yeah. Uh, last three scores of 84, 52, 63, uh, and 74 the week before that. Break even of 59, 324K. Hold or trade? Uh, trade. He's done his job. Yeah. I don't mind holding that one. If you can get 19 or 18 and keep Benny Ronky in there, I don't mind it. But like you said, he definitely has done his job. So um, no problem moving that. This is this is where it starts gets starts against interesting Jesus um, the St Kilda boys Ed Phillips 61 58 57 break even of 17 price at 226k should have been gone last week for Gyro that's exactly what I did last week so yep yep same uh, Logan Austin 271k break even of 36. Uh, last three scores of 54, 73, 92, and we'll go one further. The 106 on his debut, hold or trade, 271k. Yeah, this is the one. Yeah, now, you, when you said interesting before, this is the one that's interesting because mm. Carlisle and Brown are in that team. So is Austin. Um, and you saw what he did. Um, the week before when Brown by himself came into the team, he was pathetic in the first half. Brown went down with an injury. He absolutely blitzed the second half. Logan Austin can't play with these other guys. Um, what did you say his break-even was? 50-something? 36. 36. Okay, so if you can trade him, so if you can do one downgrade and you can trade Austin to a Yo, to a Simpson, to a Sicily, um, to a Crisp, to a Ryan, to any one of these guys via doing one downgrade, I think you just do that this week. Um, but if you can't, I think you hold, take one more price rise and then get rid of him. Yeah, I'm torn and I'm going to be a fence-sitter here because I've got him and, and I'm facing the same <clears throat> dilemma. I'm really not sure quite what to do, so I don't want to mislead other people when I don't know what I'm going to do myself. Does this guy know there's only real <clears throat> this podcast for one uh, fence-sitter? I do know I do know that. The but fence I just definitely ain't big enough for the <laughs> both of us, Jolly, that's for sure. <laughs> 
Um, the the big problem that I've got here too, because the interesting one I've got, so we'll come back to this in a second, because is Bailey Rice as well, 234k, um, break even of 29, his last couple of scores of 46, 66, 62. Um, I, I think, honestly, one of these two coming out, I just don't know who it's going to be. I think it's, it's not Rice. I think Rice stays, and I would hold Rice ahead of Austin. Rice scored forty six last week when with getting knocked out too. So um, yeah. I've had a look at them Rice both. Is the hold. Yeah. yeah, I'd probably be moving Logan Austin, and just simply because of that higher price as well. Um, originally, I didn't really want to move too many pieces, uh, but like I've got still, I've got some great players hanging around. I mean, I've still got Ed Richards, um, you know, Holman, Fritch, Guelphie. Those players are still there. Players that I did hold, so that coming out of this buy, I could just generate some real cash. And again, I mean, I'm under ten trades. I assume a lot of the community is. For me, I've I've got the war chest there. I've still got 400k there, but it's about maximising trade value with these players because. Look, I'm not in the great. Like, I'm in a pretty good position in my league, my main league. I'm sitting third, um, but literally, there's a you know a block hole between third all the way down to, you know, right down to the end. So, um, but I'm not going early just to force wins because if you do make that final series at the back end of the year, maximising those trades is going to put you so far ahead of anyone else. Um, have I missed um, any? Oh, look, sorry, go boss. Well, just further on from Rice, eight touches on the weekend for forty-six. Yeah, that's going at nearly six points a touch. That's incredible. Um, the other thing is, you listen to absolutely anyone who speaks from St Kilda on the radio, and, you know, this is all the teams at the bottom of the club do, yeah? They just speak about what players they want to invest in and, and which ones they think, you know, can really go next level. Um, who's the who's the general footy, footy's operational operation manager at St Kilda? Do you remember his name? Oh, yeah, Simon, 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 Simon Left Lane. Left Lane, yeah. Left Lane, yeah. So that, that dude was on... Um, was on this year, and I can't remember what day it was on the weekend. But again, they said they they posed the question: Who were the ones that are going to carry this club forward? And he only mentioned about five names. Didn't even mention Jack Billings, but Bailey Rice was included in those names. Um, and you hear Richard his press conferences always gives uh, Rice a little bit um, as well in the in the presser. They love him, and and I don't see him going absolutely anywhere from that team unless the injury this week forces him out. So I'd certainly be holding him. How is Jackie Jack Billings, by the way? Oh, I just absolutely flying here, Corey, mate. I'm absolutely pissed that I've traded him. Um, spent 68% of his uh, time on ground in the midfield, which was a complete inverse of what Richo did to him the, the 10 weeks before. So, um, yeah, me and Richo, we end on talking terms at the moment, that's for sure. Just crazy, hey. Um, yeah, look, Tommy Dodie is the other one. Got to go? Trade. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Obviously, if you don't have Yo or Simpson, that's just the most logical move. Yep. Yep. Yeah, for sure. See, like that's something you can do. You're holding both of, both of um, you know Austin and, and Dodie. You can go Austin down to even like a Joel Smith. Make 120. Put the 120 on top of um, Dodie, and all of a sudden you got yourself Chris Yo Simpson. Any one of those type of guys. Okay. Here's another great debate. It brings up the value pick. You're not as sold on Michael Hurley as most, but Michael Hurley bumps uh, 460k, break even of 108. Um, let's get his pass. Couple scores up here. Whoops, clicked on the wrong thing. Uh, 93, 76, 66, 97, 104. So that's when that consistent consistent patch happened. Blokes only gone over 100. Um, well, over 100 twice, and then on 100 um, twice as well. So four times for the year. At 460k, or the other man that we just spoke about was Crisp. 
um, who's been in some excellent form on the weekend. Talked about him last week at 5.10. Right now, do you reckon it's worth saving the 50k to bring in Hurley, or would you rather see people go to Jack and Crisp, who's got a three and a five-round average of 107 and 110? I'd wait one week um, to make that decision, because Crisp, if he comes out and, and has a solid score, you know, another ton, he goes up maybe 15,000. Um, and if Hurley comes out and drops a 70, then it makes your decision quite clear, right? But if kind of the inverse happens, Chris comes out and kind of scores an 85 to 90, and Hurley comes out and scores a ton, then you're buying, you know, Hurley at that significantly cheaper price with a lot more confidence. I would wait one week and then make a decision then. Charlie? Yeah, um, well, I've got Hurley, uh, and the week I got him was the week that he scored the 104, um, and ever since then, it's just really been pulling my hair out. And not because, Well, pulling my hair out, but then in fairness, I traded Michael Hibbard to get him, so I kind of not really pulling my hair <laughs> out. So, yeah, um, I, don't, I, don't, I don't know. I, I, like, I, like, yeah, I like what Crisp is offering at the moment, but I think... Hurley kind of has the, what's the word I'm looking for? Probably has the history behind him a little bit more as being a super coach, consistent super coach scorer. Um, we know what we're going to get from Hurley, and I hope that it's just uh, him going through a bit of a lull and that he does come out in the last eight weeks and, you know, average 95 to 100 even more. But. Uh, Look. Let me try and say something else here that, that may just uh, look. I don't want to shatter your confidence in, in Michael Hurley. <laughs> no, what rip, you, it, rip it apart. What do you reckon his high score is? So grand final week he comes up against Richmond. Mm-hmm. What do you reckon his high score against Richmond is in his eleven games that he's played them? Well, based off the Richmond the Dreamtime game they just played, I assume it's probably not very good. So I'm going to say eighty three. No, so his high score is 98 with a career average of 74 against them. Like it's, it's absolutely shocking, and you kind of don't want that as a, as a point of difference in, in grand final. I think with That's Chris, true. because he's a younger player, um, and coming, and, but he's always been someone who's every now and then through the years had patches where he's gotten 30 touches. But for me, yeah. he looks a lot more of a complete and consistent player this year, and I'd be a lot more confident running Chris for the rest of the year than I would Hurley. The one thing yeah. with like Chris, I, too, is... is it, like, it happens at least three, four, five times a game. It, like, it happens at least once or twice a quarter. Is the ball goes up, he starts on that off that halfback flank, and he's straight through the middle, and he's just getting yeah. handball receives, clear like you know ball inside. Meters gained. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and and it's happening so often. Um, I just think the numbers that he's putting out at the moment. And it's funny because you know I am the fence sitter. I am. I want to see. Da- I want to see a lot, a larger patch of data. Um, but I think what he's doing, I definitely think he can t- continue this going forward for the year. I think the thing Crisp has going for him over Hurley too is that um, the their backline, Collingwood's backline structure, is seems to be flowing a lot better than Essendon's at the moment, and therefore he's probably reaping the rewards of everyone playing their role more efficiently than probably Essendon's are, and therefore Hurley's probably suffering yeah. a little bit. Yep. Because Hurley was thrust forward in the last game they played. The Dreamtime game was the last time they played, wasn't it? Yep. Uh, uh, yeah, yeah and, and, he, and he was thrust forward in the last quarter, Hurley, because they had absolutely nothing going on up forward. So it's it's always where you know Crisp is going to run half back to wing. He's going to do it. They're going to give him the ball. I think Crisp is a significantly brighter prospect 
But when it comes down to choosing whether the 50 to 60K is worth it, I think waiting a week will make it, will make things a lot more clearer. But look, if I if I need to choose one, um, and, and money is not a factor, then I'm saying Crisp is significantly ahead of early. I think. I I really want to raise one name because I think he's completely relevant to this conversation, and it's not just Hurley versus Crisp in my eyes. I genuinely see, and I, I know we don't usually uh, endorse uh, key defenders, but Harris Andrews is exactly the same price as Jack Crisp at 510800 And he has a three-round average of 115, a five-round average of 113.4, and six of his 12 scores have been over 100. So, you're not going to see me. You're not going to see me picking him. I don't think I will, but it would be a pretty ballsy pick, and I actually don't hate it. I'm the same, and the reason why I wouldn't be doing it is because eventually teams got to stop just putting balls on top of his head. Um, 21 year old key defender is not suited to the game of super coach. Yeah. No, yeah, no, 100. percent I've never, I've never been one to endorse key. There are a lot but, that are looking but at, but the, the numbers are there, and he's obviously proving that. And look, there's normally one key position player every year that goes in and 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 really does surprise us. I just think that I think Harris Andrews is just way too risky coming in the back end of the season, because although there are these nice big scores, and, you know, especially skewed by, like, 160 on the weekend, there could be some pretty frustrating 50s floating around here on in, and I'm expecting oh, which he is already... at least two or three. Well, he's pumped out a 67 and a 57. Yeah. And apart from that, every score is 80 plus. Which is why I would prefer Chris, who at least, you know, when you think of his lowest score, I think he's got a 63 in there, but I think the next lowest from that's, like, an 85 or an 89 or something. Um, and I'm a little bit more comfortable having that from my defender than a 50. Yeah. Look, yeah, I just wanted to put it out there as something no, it's to great. think about. I do. There I are people out there that would be thinking Andrews, about it too. So it, it's, yeah, it's no, a, exactly. you know, a good question, and it really, really helps. Yeah. Um, any other defenders that anyone wants to chuck up? Um, Not that we no. didn't speak about last no. week. No. Okay, beautiful. No. McRae, boys. Early news, three to four. Um, <laughs> what a miss. The only thing that would have made that better is if Dre- uh, Bretta had traded him in, but he didn't. Um, <laughs> Which is annoying. Yeah, yep. Uh, but look, Jackie McRae, what do you do if you've got him? Well, you hold. Or can you hold? Oh, I think you hold. I don't think you, you can. Look, it depends how many trades. Look, each team's different. It depends how many trades you got left. Because if you got trades, you certainly go and trade him and pocket yourself probably 70 grand in the making, particularly if you're playing for overall. But if you're playing for league, you're going quite comfortably. Um, you know, this week's a buy around. You probably weren't going to do that good anyway. Um, if it's me, I'm just holding. He then becomes a point of difference when he comes back. I'll, I'll just ride that out. If you don't have Jack McRae now, are you even... Are you, do you reckon you'd ever bring him in? Because obviously... I don't think for, so. He's out for four weeks now, obviously, with this injury. His break-even is 222, therefore it's going to be probably at least another two or three weeks before he, that sort of balances itself out. By then he's going to be, you know, he's actually going to be back to his starting price at the start of the year after his next game, and that's still about four weeks away. So And he'll be quite under his starting price, I think, as well. He well, went no, down 73 be, this week. Yeah, but he'll be, he'll be exactly back to his starting price of about uh, 585 after his next drop. And it's an okay. too. Look, yeah. l- let me let me tell you this. I was the only one in the potty last week that said, you know what, if you want to get Wingard as a swinging forward mid, then I would do it. And I think that's a perfect situation where you can hold off and wait and get McRae. 
Because if you've got Wingard to swing between midfield and forward to cover injuries, I think um, what you can do then is you can just field Wingard because he's... His midfield minutes are just insane. He can be fielded. McRae comes back in in five weeks, whatever it is. You go and buy McRae at an absolute bargain price and you flick Wingard to your bench as your loophole between your either forwards or your mids on, on a week-to-week basis. But if if you haven't done that, then you probably don't want to be completing your team on the eve of finals because you probably won't be making yep. finals. I think yep. I think the big the big question here is if, if you play... Look, if you play for... Uh, overall, he has to go. If you play for league yeah. and you are that far in front... You could definitely hold him. You definitely yeah, for sure. Could. Um, but if if three and four turns to five and six, you're shooting yourself in the foot. If I had him right now, um, even in my current situation, I'd be trading. Especially with the likes I, of Kelly and Oliver, um, I would be trading. You know what I would do? I, I would honestly consider, and if you can do this, I think it's a tremendous move. If you can whack a hundred thousand on top of someone like Gilfie. Get him to Wingard. Wingard's still very affordable. If you can whack 100000 on Gilfie, get him to Wingard, and then get Wingard to cover for McRae for the next four weeks if you've got him, I think that's a stroke of genius. Yeah, but you, you've obviously got to have the trades there to finish your team off as well. Yeah, I, yeah, obviously. Obviously. But teams up the top end, I mean, we get questions all the time, and there seems to be a lot of lot of teams there that still have a fair bit of trades and, you know, what a somewhat complete team too. So... I'm fully supportive of this Wingard loop and using him to cover McRae because I think it's seriously good. And you've got to do it this week because Wingard's break-even is only 16, so if you miss this, yeah. if you miss it this week, then you, it's too and far his last gone. Two weeks, his last two weeks, he's been flat out in the midfield, 30-plus touches yeah. last two weeks, 116-105. Yeah. I think it's seriously something yeah. you should consider. They're a team hitting their straps. What if you don't? I mean, yeah. oh, this wasn't even, I wasn't even thinking about this, but if you don't have Wingard, is he an option to bring in? Uh, no, it's a tough one. Probably not. Um, only on the basis of, unless you're going to use him as a mid forward kind of swinging loop player, I wouldn't be comfortable running him as an M nine or F six. He can only be bought in to swing and cover for injuries, in my opinion. Yeah, that's probably the only rate, the only way I would bring him in at the moment. But that's not to say that in another four weeks if he keeps putting out scores that he currently is. And, like, I've been watching him because uh, – and I'll give myself a bit of a plug here. Every Monday I dropped a break-even spreadsheet. I'll put him in my Food for Thoughts column just because he was a guy at the start of the year who I think when we dropped our teams right very, very early um, when we were using the team picker, I think I had him in there as someone who I was considering starting with. Glad I didn't, but he's been on my radar all year and now he's, uh, he's playing that position – you know, midfield and coming off half back as well. He was doing a couple of times uh, on Thursday night or whenever it was that they played. Um, but yeah, in a, in a few weeks' time, he could be an option to finish off a, a forward line or something like that. Yeah. But if you're bringing him in now, it would only be for coverage, like Bomb just said. Like what? A, like what? A weird, like if you went like a Spargo or a Brayshaw or so, one of those names in the midfield to a wing guard, and then you looped looped in with a Hearn for the rest of the year. Well, not even yeah. looped him with, with a Hearn for the rest of the year, but I no, mean, you if know, you're like able to finish your midfield, oh yeah, get yeah, him between yeah. the lines, yeah. But you know, you could be loophole and Wingard. You know, if you got players like Dusty who just aren't putting up numbers, um, and even in my case, you know, I've got Zeret who's hit and miss as well. And I look at my forward line, and you know, Buddy can be hit and miss too. There's, dude, there's a mountain of players. I think that we're probably running. Matt Crouch isn't setting the world on fire. There's a mountain of players where 
you can kind of just whack the E on uh, Wingard there. And if he scores a triple figure, you probably just take that score as opposed to risking a, a Dusty or a Crouch or a Zerid or a Franklin or, or any one of these type of players. You boys have actually really got me thinking about this now because I've just noticed that an upgrade from Andrew Brayshaw to Chad Wingard is only 87000 Yeah. And you know what? You'll, you'll field an extra player this week, which I'm sure will help you too. That is true. It depends whether you can complete your team. I mean, this isn't the Joel's team podcast here, but I mean, it depends whether you can. Maybe you should tweet in a question when we get the questions. But, um, <laughs> it depends if you can uh, finish your team around that with the trades yeah. and the money you've got. I left. think that That's is true. the best thing that we have to say with this. I mean, this is this came from nowhere. This was just talking and food for thought, and um, yep. you know, not on the run sheet at all. But you would have to make sure that if you were bringing a player on the like like Chad Wingard that you could still finish your team with at least three to four you know trades there and then had you know Wingard as that kind of floating forward mid option because otherwise yeah. you could really yeah. shoot yourself on the foot if Wingard goes back to playing up forward and you're sitting there um like yeah holding that so. Yeah, yeah. Oh, well, I think that was basically it for a um, bit of player talk. You guys ready for some questions? Fire away. Yeah, done. Again, you think I've had this already loaded, but... Nah, you, you would, wouldn't. You would think. No, I would. He's a much more organised man than he can. Well, I mean, Joel, man, I've been part of this podcast now for a fair <laughs> while, and I don't think there's ever been one time where Corey has been prepared, mate. So. Beautiful. <laughs> kind of... um, well, he's always prepared when we're going down to the pub for beers. Yeah, nah, you, you can get me organised for <laughs> that, no worries. Um, all right, uh, at Davies underscore Daryl, straight at you, bombs. Whack, whack. Uh, does Chris Bonfo realise wrestling is fake? <laughs> Well, it's scripted just like every other TV show that peanut blood bloody watches. But I assume he's referring to Money in the Bank. And oh, gee, Daryl, mate, eat us up, mate, because we can have a lengthy discussion about that. That was one of the greatest pay per views I've seen in a long, long time. <laughs> oh, Bonfro, they should ask Joey Mercury if it was scripted when he got smacked in the face with a ladder and it broke his cheekbone, eh? Yeah, yeah. Or when, or when Kevin Owens today, you know, fell twenty foot off a bloody ladder and you know probably broke his back. Or when Triple H ripped his hamstring off the bone. All uh, right, yeah. Can we not, can we not, he, broke, you know, can we not encourage and, this, please, yeah. Joel? Jesus. Uh, eight, eight, dog. Hurley better value than Yo? Question mark. No chance. No. Yo's a Yo's a non-negotiable. Yeah. Yeah. Agree. Um, at T Death at a, uh, what are the best trade options? Option one: Murphy to Redmond and Fridge to Robbie Gray, or wait and get Heaney for Fridge next week. Um, option two: the other option. Holman to Jay Smith and Richards to Andrews have a hern. Option one leaves him with twenty in emergency. I think I think the best option there is um, Fritch to Heaney next week. Oh. I'd rather Heaney over Gray. Yeah, see, I'd rather yeah. though, trade his defender to a premium defender, even yeah. if it means going Holman down to Joel Smith. If you can via DP, I mean, I, I, mean, I don't oh, yeah, like yeah. Andrews. Like, yeah. I prefer like if that name was Chris. But that's rich. How much more seriously would you take Christian? I, I, this is one of those prime examples where I think you're moving too many valuable players on early. Just for you're not going early on Holman. He's breaking the no, ladies. but you're going early early on Ed Richards. You're going early on Fritch. Um, you know, you're looking at those early moves. Okay, yeah, that's fair. Yeah. Ed, look, Wait Ed, a week and Ed Richards is going to... If Ed Richards comes out and pops another 80 plus, 80 to 100, you're looking at probably an extra 100k over the next two to three weeks. Yeah, um, I didn't realise it was Ed Richards, to yeah. be honest. I just like the idea of not trading Fritch. Um, yeah, no, wait a week. 
because Heaney's certainly better than Robbie Gray. But I don't know, maybe shoot us a question next week and, and see what the options are. Yeah. If you look, if if you are pulling the the trigger on that, I think I like the second half of the question, grabbing the premium defender. I'm not really sold on Harris Andrews, and then if you can, still Heaney next week. Yep. Yeah. Because you can go Richards down to that Richard uh, that Smith fella, hypothetically, um, and then you can still do your fridge up to Heaney yep. or you know anything like that. Uh, uh, yeah. BC at. The underscore technician, almost said McLeod, McDonald versus Lloyd, last defender upgrade. Who will score more for the rest of uh, the year after this week? Well, let me tell you, mate. I said it, what did we have about two weeks ago? And we said who's going to be top six. I told you Lloyd was going to be number one scorer for the rest of the year. I got laughed and scoffed at, so I'm not going to waver from that. And Tom McDonald, mate, just get him in your forward line. Don't worry about having him in your back line there. Get him up front and, and get Lloyd down back. 550k, yep. we probably didn't give him enough talk this week. I mean, is it worth it? Is it worth 550? Yeah. Hell yeah. Well, what did I say? I said, he, I said he was the number one forward in the in the back half of the year, and, and especially Breda laughed at me. I, I, I still maintain that he probably is going to be the number one forward. We'll talk about it when we get to trades, because... Yeah, we are. No, anyways, okay, yeah, go for it. Um, Next question. Uh, Aria... Aria Tact 81, Adrian. Uh, last upgrade, want to trade Holman to Cali, but need to groundgrade. Who to downgrade between Rice or Austin to either Redmond or Jay Smith? Um, Austin so you were to Austin Jay Smith. to Smith, Cali, yeah. uh, Holman to Cali. Yeah, I like it. Uh, last yep. question had already been answered. Um, there's a lot of questions that are coming through that are Cali, uh, Oliver or Trello. Oh, no, sorry. Uh, Cali or Oliver or Trelaw. Does anyone put Trelaw anywhere near that category? Nah, no. No, I put Oliver and Cali ahead of Trelaw. Trelaw's in the Crips category, I think. Yeah, I agree there too. Um, thoughts on my final upgrade? This is the Benos94. Uh, out, Ronke, Holman and Rice in Oliver, Vira Hearn, DPP, Josh Cali and one of my check or Jay Smith. We'll have 600k left if yeah. I go Jay Smith. Well, I love cool. Oliver, Kelly, and Smith. That is some, that is juicy. That is yeah. definitely what? juicy. I mean, does he even need to trade in Joel Smith this week? Can he not wait for his second game and see how he goes? Or is he trading out a buy player for him? Must. Yeah, I'd assume it would yeah. be a buy player, but yeah, you'd yeah. almost be better off to wait and see if you could. Yeah. Yep. Uh, Might have 15 trying to get to 18 or something. Uh, Nate yeah. Dog again. Time for Dusty to go. Looks injured and no signs of coming from coming back. Dusty to Cali, question mark. Yeah, man. Yeah, you got the trades. Piss him off. I'm all for it. He's dead to me, Dusty. Joel? I hated <laughs> him last year, and it really pissed me off that Brett was all behind him. He ended up being, like, the, you know, one of the, well, the best player, like, ever, like, in terms of personal years, not super coach-wise, because I think Danger still beat him. And then I was like, oh, well, gee, I can't miss out on what I did last year because, you know, I've got to improve my team this year, and I've picked him. He's been an absolute menace. So, yeah, the funniest part piss him is off. I still remember pre-season podcasts where you said that there's... There is no way he can go back and repeat what he did last year, and yet you still picked him at like six hundred and twenty. Yeah, I know, and, and I, I knew it. I knew it. But you know what? I was too much of a bitch to back myself in, and I'll admit that. Ah, that's good. Um, <laughs> Jolly, what do you think of it? Yeah, oh, I don't have the luxury to get rid of him at the moment, but he's shitting me to tears like everyone else. But um, I think during the third quarter uh, on Sunday, he showed signs of having. Um, 
you know, some sort of form coming back into his game. But obviously the scores didn't quite reflect that. And I don't but, think he even got anywhere near it in the last quarter either. So I don't think... No, he kicked the clutch goal to get him 13 points up in the last quarter. But I don't think he's anywhere near it. Like, especially super coach wise he's had games where he's getting 26 and two goals and still scoring in the 80s. He's just he's an absolute write-off now for me, Dusty. If you've got a complete team, or you you've got you're going to complete your team and still have like seven trades left over, even six trades left over, I'd be pissing him off this week and avoiding his buying, going buying yourself an Oliver, or or going buying yourself a Kelly or a Trelaw or Crips. I mean, do whatever you want, just get rid of him. I still prefer to let him have this week off. Wait and see. Last upgrade as a as a pure luxury. Make sure everything on the season's end is smooth sailing, and then go and do it. Yeah, yeah, that's right. That's my position. Uh, at Bryce Mitchell, best option for F seven F F seven M nine swingman Westoff or Wingard. I th- I think Wingard presents more value, but I think Westoff presents the m- the more likelihood of consistency in scores. So it's a matter of whether you want to spend an extra hundred thousand on not on that or not. I think when we're looking at a swingman mid and forward, gee, I wouldn't want to be spending an extra hundred thousand if I could avoid it. So I'd probably just say Wingard. Yeah. Um, well, yeah, we already touched on Wingard earlier, uh, and yeah, if he if he can get back to some sort of form. It- you're saving yourself 100k and you're getting the same output as West Ham, so. Yeah, I'm all about value too. So I'd be going Wingard. Um, here's one. Dodie to house slash Webster when they're back from injury. So Luke's asking whether he should hold Dodie uh, for the cover and then look at a house slash Webster move. Viable? Oh, I wouldn't be looking at, wouldn't be looking at a how, but yeah, I'd look at Webster, yeah. What, what, and Webster, Webster, what Webster's two to yeah, well, he's three done to he's done his adductor, so it might be yeah. I'm I'm not too sure on the, on the they haven't been very specific about it, but I'd be worried about Webster because this is his second injury now within the first twelve weeks of the year. So maybe even avoid a Webster altogether because that could unless, really give you some carnage in the back end. Unless I'm getting my players mixed up, I'm pretty sure I heard that uh, they're expecting Webster to, wish, to miss one after the buy. So, but then after that, well. when he when he does come back, he's got to break even at 155, and Howe's got to break even at 161. So, Howe's not know. an option. I don't no, think no, I know he's not. Let's make that let's in make regards, clear. In regards to the question, I'd prefer Hurley over the two of them. At a similar price, he's injury free, and I'd oh, go yeah. get him this week. Yeah, for sure. The one thing that you had about Howe last year was you had intercept marks, and then when he didn't have the ball, players were looking to get the ball to him to use it going yeah. out of. The defensive fifty, that is now crisp. That is you yeah, watch well, Collingwood's super quick yeah. movement of the ball. It's boom yeah. handball, boom handball, boom handball. The ball's out. Crisp is you know gained forty five meters down the field. Yeah, and crisp was only fifteen k <coughs> more, so it makes sense to go. Yeah, for okay. Um, at Malb Hero Ben Heritage for league, assuming your team is almost complete, how many trades would you need to have? Left in order to justify trading out Hibbard. Cheers, guys. Yours is the best Supercoach podcast for mine. Well, we very much appreciate oh, thanks, that. Thanks, mate. Yeah, um, we actually love feedback. 
I I moved Hibbert actually at his buy, but if you had him, look, as long as you're finishing your team playing for league, if you're in the top four and you're going to have that buy week off anyway, you'd probably want to finish with it two, three, preferably four. Um, otherwise, probably anywhere between probably four to six for me. Just for me, I it. think if you're trading Hibbard, you want to have at least three left after it. Yeah, no, that's what I meant. Yeah. Jolly? Yeah, well, every time I listen to you guys talk about how many trades you should have left and stuff like that, I'm like, yeah, you've lost me. So, yeah, <laughs> I don't think too much about that sort of stuff. I'm just like, yep, if I can get my team done and I've got, you know, maybe five trades left coming in a finals, happy days. Go so for broke. Yeah. You get there, you get there, you don't, you don't. Uh, Frogger, my name is Frogger. Final midfield upgrade. Crazy to consider Trelaw over Danger and Dusty. Trelaw would replace lowest scoring. Uh, this so Trelaw would be his nineteenth player this week. Oh Jesus! Um, I would still. I don't think Trelaw replaces. Yeah, but he doesn't replace Dangerfield. He can replace Dusty, but not Dangerfield. Yeah, yeah I agreed. agreed. I would much rather have Dangerfield at the back end of the season than I would Trelaw. Dangerfield's yeah. always a. Just a, a, a 24-7 Supercoach scoring threat. Guy goes sits in the forward pocket and he's just like oozing Supercoach points. I don't understand why well. people... I don't understand why everyone's getting on Danger's back for. Like, really. I know he's dropped, because, what, 180k and he's not pumping out the numbers he was last year. But he still has 113 average. Like, the but that's still... what people... People are buying him or when they get Danger, they're expecting 130 average. They're only getting 113, which, you know what? 113's top eight. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. I'm not I haven't been disappointed with Dangerfield. I mean, no. look, I got it wrong. You probably should have missed him at the start of the year, but if you missed him, you had to get someone like Clayton Oliver because um, there's just been that much carnage everywhere else anyway. Exactly. Um, or Canelio or um, or McRae well, or, McRae or something like that. Yeah. Um, well, that was so, my mindset from the start. Yeah. Like, you know, I started with Danger, I paid the full seven fifty for him, but yeah, Crouch went down around him, Kelly was hampered, everyone was getting injured, this and that, and I still had Danger and Just the great news, we can pick him up, up at about six hundred and fifty thousand at the start of next year, so it's alright. Uh, Clark, Clark is in the coach, is the GOAT, Jack Billings back and could be could he be the cheapest F seven option? <laughs> Wait, no. <laughs> F him. Uh, He's left me over this year. Crying face. <laughs> I would. Uh, I would love to see this at least one more week from Billings. But more, more importantly, I would love to see what they do with his midfield time this week. Um, but uh, look, I certainly wouldn't be moving on it this week. There is. I would rather. I tell you what. I would rather do. Honestly, um, I know this is just a joke from Liam. Anyway, um, I would rather. Watch Jack Billings put up crazy numbers for the next four weeks and pick him back up as my last upgrade at, you know, 500,000 than even remotely yeah. pick him up after two to three weeks of, you know, <laughs> some solid fall. <laughs> yeah, would, you, would, you, would you do this, though? Would you go... No, 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 I'm not even going to say it because that's just too stupid. Don't worry about it. Play on. <laughs> all right. All, on, Green, all no. I know about Jack Billings is that once he gets back to... Red hot form and he's averaging 100 plus over five weeks. We'll be going. All those memes we uploaded about Jack Billings is the reason why he's turned his form around, and we'll just take all the credit and yeah. we'll be laughing. Well, for sure, we we only do those things to help improve right players. That, that's all we do. Uh, we don't do 100%. this in very aggressive ways or anything like that, not no, to drag people no. down. Um, I'll tell you what, though, Billings 2019 watch list. Jeez, get him on there. <laughs> 
Oh boy. He's gonna, oh boy. You know he's going to give us debate next year. We, we know. We know. <laughs> oh, hundred percent. Yeah. Imagine going into the start of next season, like the last three weeks, Billings goes like a hundred, a hundred, a hundred, and he's priced at four hundred k next year. We'll be dumb enough yeah. to start him, and then it'll be a thing. But look, let's nah. worry about what we get there. Smart, smart and enough to good start Playing That's for overall, JLT, have 18 this week. Valid move to trade Austin to Jay Smith slash Redmond this week, considering I need a defender get downgrade to complete his team next week. Yes. So grab the cash well, this week, go 19, and then go one up next week. Or no, is it just worth no. waiting a week and then going the double? But it's Austin. But you can do you can do one down, one up next week. You can yeah. use your two trades next week to go one down, one up. But, Austin's not, Smith. but Austin's not playing this week. so I understand that, but he's already got 18, so Smith would give him 19. Yeah, but what if it gives you more points in the bank, too? What's it going to give you? An extra, what, 30, if that? I can win someone in overall. Uh, yeah, potentially. Um, I'd prefer to wait the week. Um, but uh, Look, do you, yeah, honestly, probably, do you see Joel Smith playing bad? Because I don't. I don't see Joel Smith scoring under 60 this week. And if he scores over 60, you're probably going to want him next week. Yeah. Um, okay, yeah, go, make, go go ahead and make the move, mate. I think the thing that I get worried about is that what if Joel Smith gets injured in this game? Um, you know, he, did his, he did his shoulder after two or three games last year. And what happens if he goes out and gets injured this week? He ends up being your 19th player score, so he doesn't even count. And then you've just got him lumped on your bench for the, for the rest of the year and you don't really have an emergency back there. That's what I get worried about. Not so, to mention... How many players have played one or two games this year and then not come back? Then gotten dropped. Yeah. So yeah, Isaac coming example number one. <laughs> yeah, like there's there's a lot out there, but it can always just be risky. Um, to finish my forward with Tom McDonald and finish my defence with Andrews or Lloyd, I've got to throw Ollie Wines in M8 due to cash situation. Means no Oliver or Kelly. Thoughts? I just want to touch on this first because I think. I think that there's so many people that want to finish their team now, and and this is this is something we were talking about last night off air. Um, there are so many people that the buy rounds are coming to an end, and it's like, oh, let's just go carnage, hell for broke, let's upgrade, 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 upgrade. There is no harm in not upgrading this week. Not like there is there is none. If if the players that you want have a high break even or a, a, a overpriced or, or or you don't want them, like right now. I mean, moving forward, would you rather have Tom McDonald and Lloyd or, you know, Callie and Oliver, like one of them with Ollie Wines? You know, is it, you've got to weigh up the options of what you're looking at doing, who it's going to be, um, you know, Wines and such and such, or Callie and such and such, and weigh those two up and, and figure out, yeah, where, where it's going to be. Don't just upgrade because it's the last buy and that's what everyone else is doing, because you can get left behind like this week I'm probably doing one trade if that I'm not going early on anyone else I'm yeah I could lose this week in my league I don't care Wines is a form player at the moment and and he's not going to do this for the rest of the year and I think in the back end I think he's just going to be a lot like like Dusty is right now like Matt Crouch is now and like Zerid is for me and and I've got a lot of this trouble in the midfield where they're just scoring 80 odds 80 to 90 and that's what he's going to be doing in the back end. He'll his form will run its course, um, and and sure, his his highs are high, but 
just wait because you'll come crashing back down. The biggest problem I have when people are talking Port Adelaide players as well is there's Wines, there's Westhoff, there's Gray, there's Wingard, um, there's Rockliffe, who is now fine. He's probably one of the most impressive in there. I mean, Wines' last three or four weeks has been phenomenal, but there's always that worry with Port Adelaide players. I just think you've just got to look at the genuine, like who are gen- you think are genuinely going to be top eight options. I, when when we talk top eight, does anyone think Ollie Wines is going to finish in there? Because I know, nope, not a chance. But you look at you look at Wines' numbers, right? Last two scores, and this is what uh, what you were just saying about being informed. His last two scores are one forty two and one fifty seven. So you know you don't sneeze at that. But the five scores prior to that were sixty six, one hundred five, ninety eight, seventy six, fifty seven. Those were the five scores before his big two, like his last two yeah. games. Uh, and and look, all we can do is kind of put forward our opinion that we believe this is just a form patch and it's not sustainable. But ultimately, the people out there will, will go and select their teams. They can either choose to, I guess, follow or, or take on board what we're saying, or they can kind of choose to just say, no, nah, stuff it, I'm going to go against them and then stick it up and when it goes wrong. Oh. Yeah, well, exactly. That's what it's all about. Just you giving opinions wrong. and you if you want to run with it. We get it wrong, you can blame us. That's we right. get it right, you can still blame us. It's Thank you. <laughs> that's, what look, that's what we're here for um, uh, Look, we've had a lot of these questions But uh, Yo to yo, uh, Dodie to Yo or T-Mac? Yo Yo Yo, yo, yo yep. uh, T-Mac, you want up front Yeah, 100% I'm just going through the Facebook questions now Because there's a lot that are very similar um, Nathan Thompson, right. Holman for Gaff Ed Kerno, Oliver, Trelaw, Kelly, Or the Bont Oliver yeah, Clary. Cali, Cali, Cali for me. Um, can you have too many port players from Ian McRae? Yeah, of course. How many is too many? Yeah. Well, all of, you know, Grey, Westhoff, Wines, Rockcliffe, Wingard, probably. That's too many. Yeah. And they're all probably... they're all in the same areas as well. Like, there's no really relevant port defenders. So they're all either mids or forwards. And there's a lot yeah. of other good mid and forward options that are there's not so many, players. There's only so many tons and so many points that can go out each week. I personally wouldn't like anything more than four premiums from one team. I think four's really cutting it. I think three's probably the right level. Um, If the players are there to be selected, obviously. And I think five plus is just absolutely insane. Because you're never going to shoot yourself up the ranks. We always talk about different lines. Like, you know, you want to have those players, like, not necessarily in different lines, but sorry, they're in the same line. But we never really talk about the same... we We never really condone having the same positional players like you'll never really hear us talk about like um, so for Sydney for instance it's always like Buddy Lloyd and you know Parker you got one at each end of the ground who does a different role and is going to score a substantial amount of points for doing different things there's only so many disposals that can go around in a game win or loss so I think if you've got uh, you know four midfielders that's when it gets a little bit tough yeah yeah um Joshua Luke, is Gunston worth taking a punt on or is Fritz okay at F6? If I get Gunston, Fritz would become cover at F7. Um, is he worth... Or I mean, uh, is it worth it? No. Because I think he's likely to just churn out scores like Fritz is. I know that Gunston had the, the big score on the weekend, but um, I think he's just likely to end up scoring what Fritz scores on, on most other weeks. And you raised him last week, Corey, just about his consistency throughout the year. And, yeah. and I said this last time I had Gunston, I was a premiership player. So, you know, maybe it could be an omen for you. 
John. But I personally wouldn't do it. Yeah, no, I wouldn't either because I just think that he's going to just pump out exactly what Bomper said, similar to what Fritch is going to do and and just really like the price is the same and the he's, numbers are going to be the same. He's been doesn't seem like super it. consistent, but I think his consistency is 80 to 90. I mean, of course, he's got that beautiful score on the weekend and he'll, he'll probably do that most of the time. But I think you're going to be looking at around 80 to 90s. I don't think he's going to be a top six. Um... You know, and, and, and look, what happened with him was he went back to the back line on the weekend and started roving back there and took a few intercepts and just got a lot more ball. And that's why you saw his score flow up. And I think this is what makes Clark a good coach. He, he's willing to throw players around when they're not showing enough in certain positions. And I think Gunston will just line up straight back in the forward line this week. They're playing Gold Coast, so they should absolutely spank them. And uh, Gunston should get amongst the, the goals up front and... You know, he's found a little bit of ball last week, so maybe that will just get him into form to find the ball up front this week. Yeah. Um, Guy Newham, watching Savage play is killing me. Doesn't go in for the hard ball. The plan was to trade him for Yo-Yo, but with Webster going down this week, who do I trade out? Webster or Savage? I have 13 trades. I still trade Savage. Four people to go up. Four people to upgrade. I trade Savage still. Yeah, I probably would too. Like we said earlier, hopefully Webster only misses the one after the buy. Um, but yeah, he's probably. Yeah, I'd be keeping Webster ahead of Savage. Couldn't agree more. Is McDonald a must have? This is from Daniel McGinnity. Uh, yeah, up front, I think yeah. so. I think if you're oh, looking, look, when you say must have, I think he's. What's his ownership? Can you go, one of you guys get it up for me? I don't, I don't think, uh, you'd, be yep. that, oh, I don't think uh, you'd be that owned, that highly owned. Well, I reckon uh, about 3%. Well, he was more, traded uh, in. 10. Holy crap, he's in yeah. 10. Yeah, he was trading into 6% of sides this week alone. Yeah, 6% bought him in this week, which means he was 4% prior to this week. I think, um, look, if people aren't moving on him this week, which it seems like a lot of teams are doing, um, this week is probably the week to get him um, because then he becomes more popular and then you start to fall back behind the eight ball. Look, in in our kind of main leagues, I don't think there's many people running Tom McDonald and he'd be an awesome, unique, I think, to have in the the back ends of the year, particularly um, as as a point of difference. I think it's great. He's going to be nearly 600k when he, if he reaches his break even of 48 this week. So yeah, not. So, well, you mean if he has if he scores his projected score, he'll be nearly 600k. Yeah, because if he scores oh, his break even, he won't move in price, Josh. <laughs> oh, oh, sorry. Yeah. No, my, no, yeah, no. That's not what. Yeah. I mean. no, you no, know no, what I mean. know what you yeah. mean. Yeah, I know what yeah. you mean. So yeah. yeah, no. Look, I think you buy him this week. I don't think you want to pay 600 for him, but 550. Look, it's probably about oh, maybe 20 grand more than what you actually want to pay, but. You, you probably just pay the extra twenty grand when a, when a bloke's just consistently banging goals like he's. Uh, Jeffrey Latrout, thoughts on Lockie Neal? Uh, good pod. He played Carlton and bullied them, so I, I probably wouldn't get him. His scores haven't been that convincing on on the year, though. I feel like he's a bit of a Ollie Wines type. He's obviously a good midfielder in the I league. I mean, he's better than Ollie Wines. I but... do too. Still I yeah, not I mean, at the I level of he's ability. More consistent than all the ones in Supercoach. Yeah, yeah, I do agree. I didn't necessarily mean in terms of ability. I just meant kind of like probably not your top eight sort of discussion. Yeah, okay, yeah, yeah. But oh yeah, but can, I think but can pump yeah. out pretty good scores. You know, yeah. Anyway. So I think Lockie Neal's probably top fifteen, but you know, Wines isn't. Yeah, yeah. Um, and McLean yeah. or Westoff for the last forward position. Uh, I'd wait and, and then go get McLean for sure. That's a no-brainer. You can get McLean at 450k. Just just wait yeah. a week. 
Nailed it. That's exactly what I was going to say. Again, what's more important, trading McCray out for um, an Oliver slash Trelaw or getting McDonald before his price rise? This one's from Richard Berry. Say that again, trading yeah. McCray. So before... trading McCray to a Oliver or Trelaw or is it more important to grab McDonald before his price rises? I think McDonald because McCray's still going to maintain that price. It also depends whether you're trading out a non-playing player for McDonald. So if you're trading someone who's not playing this week to get McDonald, as opposed to trading out McLean, then you're just gonna whichever trade you do, you're gonna have with you're gonna have one player playing, right? But if you're trading out a playing player for McDonald, as opposed to doing a non-playing player in McRae to another player, that means you'd actually be one up on the field this week. So if you're kind of short on numbers on field, I'd probably just get rid of McRae first. Um, but otherwise. In all other situations, I'd go and get McDonald and avoid that price rise. Because that could cancel. You could cancel that out, though. If you traded McRae to an Oliver, you're getting a player this week. Whereas if you trade a non-playing player this week to McDonald, then you're getting a player as well. So, yeah, you're getting a player, which is where McDonald makes sense because then you avoid that price rise. That's what yeah. I'm saying. So yeah, unless yeah. so unless you're trading a playing player to McDonald, right? If that's what you're oh, yeah. doing. Yeah. Then I would. That's then the only situation first. where, yeah, I would do McRae first. Yeah, Otherwise, nah. if you're trading a non-playing player, it's McDonald's or McDonald all day of the week. Yeah. Let's see, we finally got there in the end. Um, we did. Is Tom Murphy a reliable downgrade option? I don't think so. No, no thanks. No. Um, when to trade Holman? This is from Josh. Josh Newman. I think next week. Uh, well, I think is Mo. Uh, can. Because I should going, be going into Crips next week. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So because we've got the Crips value there, but if you were looking at a Cali or an Oliver, wouldn't it make more sense? You to go do this, it week. this week. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. yeah for sure. The price Depends drop. who you bring it in. I'll yep. tell you what. If Crips's break even was only a hundred, I'd be going, you know, Holman to Crips this week. I wouldn't bother waiting. Yep. Just that couple extra points, man. Imagine if Holman comes out and does a hundred plus this week. It is going to be <laughs> so good. Um. Fender Dan, thinking about uh, thinking about taking a gamble this week and placing the captain on Cali. Thoughts, risk versus reward. We will get to captains uh, very shortly, yeah, but I don't, uh, I don't but, think it's I don't think it's but, a risk at all. <laughs> but put it this way, the 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 stats would suggest it's not a good idea, Corey. Oh, let's talk about here he comes. <laughs> uh, Harrison Harrison Lau, hello, sorry, uh, Sean Higgins from McRae, convince me. Well, you're not getting anything from. Uh, convince you to do it or not to do it because I'm not endorsing that at all. I don't think Sean Higgins is top six. We take our job very seriously here at the Elites and sending in questions like that make us question whether the community takes us seriously. Uh, <laughs> do not look at Sean Higgins. There is a serious injury history there. and It's I not even that. His numbers aren't even good enough to justify it. I don't know what his this, numbers are. This was as bad as that idiot that tweeted us in for... Bloody Mason Cox last week. Is it the same guy? <laughs> it probably is the same guy. Jesus. Three round average of 114. I do have Couldn't him, in for, him nah. for my food for thought. But no, nah, not long term. Like, yeah, I'll never, hey. I'll never ever trade in a player based off a three round average, but it's just there. Just well, that's captain and caption options. Hey, Joel. Yes. Joel, if, if Higgins was in your food for thought, then I'm going to say something I've never said. I'm full. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right, that. Uh, Vice Captain and Captain, right. bombs. Well, can, oh, can I go last? Because I've, okay. I've got a few stats okay. here to, to okay. roll off, so uh, let's Joel. save that for the end. Joel, yeah. Vice Captain and Captain. All right. 
Uh, you would have thought I would have thought about this, but I haven't. Ah, well, Brad um, doesn't any week either, and he's been doing the podcast. For, what, I don't. I don't mind actually having a dip on Yo on Thursday night against Essendon as a vice, <laughs> as a left field, but probably uh actually nah, it'd be Mitchell into Kelly, hundred percent. Mitchell into Kelly. I am also Mitchell into Kelly. Well, you guys don't know what you're doing. That that's evident to me. Let's speak about a few players who could be options this week, shall we? Josh Kelly. Let's. All right, no worries. Um, who they got this week? Don't even know Brisbane. who they're playing. Brisbane. And you, you think that'd be good, wouldn't you? Yes. Three game average versus Brisbane, eighty six. Top score of ninety eight. Can I? Can I have those? Um, the years off the did list. He play, when did he play them? Uh, last year. Yeah. Why? How many? And times? it wasn't he. Once last year, and he scored sixty six. Yeah. So still don't even care. <laughs> <laughs> you were so hoping that was going to be in your favour, though. No, nah, I don't care. I'm just going to send you the same funny. photo I send you every single week. Hey, you know what? That's okay. You haven't That's got okay. one right. <laughs> now, look. I have, look Actually, I have a confession to He didn't play Brisbane last bomb. year. Yeah. <laughs> I was going to say... I was, gonna I was say only, I was only just farting around with you. Oh, you done a brother. You done a brother. <laughs> no, no, I was just pissed farting around with you because I just wanted to see your reaction. Okay, he didn't good. play Brisbane last year, all right? Yeah. But his three scores in his career against them have been 66, 94, 98, right? Um, now, anyways, moving on. So I'm crossing Josh Kelly off the list. Don't worry about that. Um, and I probably should have consulted my uh, little spreadsheet thing here just to see what teams are giving up. But I'll tell you what. Some people may have a look at Trelaw against Carlton. 73, 81, 106 in his last three. Not that good. Some people may look at Grundy. Grundy, what, would you say this has been his best year ever? Yes. Yep. Lowest score of the year came against Carlton this year and was 58. Oof. If I've written these down in the right order. Um, so there's a lot I, of players. And Just, I must say, what? sorry, I forgot we had our Ruckman back this week. Yeah, no, we do. We've got <laughs> oh, our Ruckman back man, this I'm, week. I'm 100% lost no, no, no. Captain Gorn. Sorry, just so well, you Well, let know. me tell you this. Well, let me. I was gonna leave. I was gonna leave Gorny for last about the VC option because he averages one forty-two in his last three um, against Port Adelaide. Yeah, um, I, I and must... with scores of one hundred eight, one fifty-one, one sixty-seven, he was shown up against Grundy, uh, Melbourne, and looked to rebound. Gorn's going big, and yeah, you can I tell must me... seriously apologise because I just completely yeah. ignored the two ruckman. <laughs> and and you're not going into anyone else. I don't, I don't think it matters who you want to go into. Because you, whatever Gorn scores, I think you're taking. Um, but I think it's a no-brainer that you're going into um, Tom Mitchell, who has a career average of 126 versus the Gold Coast. Um, and we all know how good he plays down at the... Uh, what's Where do they play down that stadium? Um, Aurora. That's the name of the stadium, isn't it? Yep. Um, you think maybe okay. Oliver? Oliver might be handy. Now, Oliver's only gone 116 and 88 um, against Port Adelaide. You think Yo, do you, um, Joel? 71, 81, 61 in his last three versus the Bombers. So probably want to avoid that. Yeah. And, yeah, and some people and some people may have a look at the Bont, um, but we know the Bont will get Jacobs. But in saying that, 139 and 115 in his last two versus North Melbourne ain't so bad either. But I think it's uh, an absolute no-brainer that people should just be running Gorn into Mitchell uh, this week. Stats Bonfa hits again. Bang. Well played. Uh, anything I've missed out on this week? Because it's been a bloody long podcast. 
It sure. No, has. that's good. Look, I, I no. think it's just been good uh, that that Britta hasn't been here. Um, I'm going to put in an official request to the to the elite uh, that Britta does miss again next week, um, <laughs> and, and probably misses the week after for being a continual no show. So, yeah. <laughs> Joel, we very much appreciate you jumping on and uh, giving us a hand this week. Always good to have you on board, mate. Uh, it's fantastic. Hey, and if you could give us your best impression of a Britta sign off, that would be awesome. <laughs> You need no. Nah, you need to tell me what to say, and then I'll you know try and riff it out. For oh, me. What does Brett usually say? I don't even know. Brett. Brett doesn't usually say much, does he? <laughs> Not on the way. Just out, say, anyway. give us your Devin Smith thing again. Give us your Devin Smith thing again. That was brilliant. Oh, jeez, put me on the spot. Yeah, no, 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 Devin Smith. Yeah, he's all right. He's a good boy, Devin Smith. Devin Smith, good boy. <laughs> <laughs> he's, he's, he's got it, like. Spot on. You've absolutely nailed it. Um, on behalf of uh, Brady, Joel, and myself, we'd like to thank you all for listening. Uh, as always, feel free to jump in, give us a rating on iTunes, SoundCloud, lead your feedback. Um, we're here for your community, so anything we can help you with, uh, we'll always do that. Uh, peace out, guys. Thanks for listening.